afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the set of The Tanya Joy Show. We are so happy to see you here today. As always, you can find out more about us at tanyajoy.tv. And if you're new and you have not done this, I'm gonna ask you a favor. Go over to that website and hit the little bell to subscribe. All that's gonna do is allow us to capture your name and your email. So if you're a viewer and you're a regular watcher, we lost our CRM. We lost all of our contacts um, over the last six months. And so I'm trying to rebuild. So if you would not mind doing that, that would just be a big help. And um, I promise we will not inundate you with emails or correspondence, but it will help us to be able to capture everybody who is watching the show. Today, we are so excited to um, have our guest here and talk about the topics that he is so experienced in and understanding. You know. The Lord is moving in many, many ways during this point in history, right? In crazy, wild, mysterious ways. He's speaking to his people. He's bringing so many people, both Christians and non-Christians, into a deeper place of understanding, places that they have never been. I mean, I even saw a, a thing yesterday or early this morning um, with a very secular person who was talking about, he had a cross necklace and you've maybe seen it. I'm not gonna mention his name. He's very, very famous um, out of Hollywood. And he was talking about Jesus. And it's just amazing. God is on the move. So today's guest understands this, operates very much in these deeper places. And you're gonna hear more about what it means as far as when you hear the term contemporary or Christian mystic. All right, you're not gonna wanna miss a minute of this. Stick around. Today is Tuesday, February 5th. I'm Tanya Joy, and this is The Tanya Joy Show. Okay, well, we weren't shocked. Over again. So welcome back to the show. As well, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. And I know we had such good uh, feedback and reception. General Flynn, what an honor. Joshua, Joshua tracked me down in a big tent of about 4,000 people. How are you? I am doing so great. Hello, everybody. Thank God, I am wonderfully great. Hello. Thank you very much. Because what is prayer? I'm just Jewish, you know what I mean? And I'm thrilled to be here with the two of you. Me <laughs> too. Like... And that's who these crazies, these evil ones. It is. You said it oh, right. Good job. Perfect. All right. The Gibson sisters. We are so excited to have them on with us on Resistance Chicks today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to run. These people that get higher up, How? sometimes I've thought, Lord, these are glory days and not gloomy days. Like, I love it. Huh? <laughs> you know, it, it, it kind of works. Awesome about the tour is people like you. Good. I love the applause. That's cool. <laughs> there we go. Thank Hi, Joy. Everybody, welcome. We are so excited. Ready to get the show on the road? Let's go. All right, welcome back, everybody. Well, today's guest is actually from the beautiful, vibrant land of Johannesburg, South Africa, where he leads a church aptly called Wells of Mem, which carries the legacy of transformation. They were previously known as Center Stage Christian Church. He has been in ministry for over 18 years, serving other sojourners along their spiritual journey. And as a Christ-centered mystic, Charles' heart beats with a fiery passion for embracing the abundant life of new Christian living. It's being captivated by the mystical realms concealed within the enchanting Hebrew letters and language. Each one of those letters holds a secret, a sacred key that unlocks the doors to a deeper understanding of God's divine mysteries and how thrilling it is to explore these ancient pathways guided by the Holy Spirit and to witness the supernatural unfolding right before your very eyes. So we are going to welcome Charles Van Staden into the studio. Hello. Did I still say your name right after all that? <laughs> you nailed it, Anya. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm so glad to have you here on the show. For those that are watching or listening, I reached out to Charles like a year ago and was like, let's do a show. I was just starting to learn about this term, a Christian mystic. I didn't even know what that meant. And somehow came across your profile on Facebook. And now a year later, we're finally doing it. But I am just excited to have you here. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Tanya. And thank you for the invite. I am super excited to be here. Well, it's awesome. Let's dive in first. And explain to people that are watching or listening, 
what is a Christian mystics? Because most of them are probably going to be like, what are you talking about? Have you gone new age? And they're going to think I've, you know, jumped off the deep end. So let's explain that all right out of the, out of the gate. I think the term mystic can make people nervous because they don't really understand what the context of a mystic is and the general frame of reference for most people of being a mystic would be the new age or anything in down that avenue but a mystic in its purest form is as the scripture says deep calls out to deep and if you had to ask yourself a question what was christianity like before the church started so I'm not negative about church, but it is really a thought to explore how did they live out their spirituality before structure and denomination started to frame things and push the authentic out. And we started to get comfortable with what we are easy with or comfortable with, etc. But a mystic is one who pursues the deep things of God one who uncovers their sonship and also understanding what the keys of the kingdom are and your authority that you have in the spirit realm. And in that authority is what are the spiritual entities that you have to your disposable to be able to unlock and govern in the spirit realm. So to be a mystic is to entangle with your primordial being of who and what you were before your release into creation. And it's tapping into that pure form of who you are in Christ and living that out freely without denominational boundaries. I love that. There's so much into that. I mean, so for, for people that are completely new and have never heard that, there may be like, wait, what now? But it's such a, like, just to start at the basics of, I think about God talking to the people, you know, Moses and Abraham and these people from back in the Old Testament before the Holy Spirit kind of falls in the New Testament. God was speaking. Yes. They were hearing his voice. I mean, they knew how to follow him. He showed up in signs and wonders. And yet, you know, the, the modern church, obviously what we see of today, mm -hmm. particularly the Western church here, in my opinion, is so far off course. I mean, we've, I have a hard time with it because I'm like, nowhere does it ever say you meet every Sunday morning and the first 45 minutes you do worship and then you do announcements like that doesn't exist. Why are we still doing this? You know, how did yeah. you, what was your journey? How did you get to this place of really diving in and, and starting to really understand and see this? I think all along I have had the design in my heart. If I think of before I was saved, um, the occult and the new and the new age had a major attraction for me because I felt what they experienced of the spirit was far more tangible and authentic for me. But it was the wrong gate, mm -hmm. you know, because Jesus is our door, and. People can quickly label something as occult or new age, but technically they took something from what is ours and changed the door because the enemy cannot create anything. So what did he take and change and perverted it? So I think in me as the mystic um, avenue was always there, but I had no framework of expression for it. So when, when I, eventually I got saved and I went into ministry, um, I served at a church. I was a pastor there for seven years, which was a charismatic church and amazing people, lovely. But inside of me, I wanted to break free from the frameworks, but I knew I needed to be there. When I got saved, when I was 19 years old, I immediately knew God called me to ministry, but I knew it wouldn't be ministry as we know it so fast tracking to after i've served my pastorship at the charismatic church where i was i told him i felt that god wanted me to start a ministry um, i had no idea how and this thing will pan out 
And they helped me start the church, which was then Center Stage Christian Church. So this coming February, we will be there for seven years. But when I started that church, I just said to Jesus, I can't do church like normal. This is, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the normal counseling thing and the, the structure, etc. So on our first service, we were about two to 300 people. We we're closer to 300 people. And the next service, we were 200 people. And the next one, 100. And then 50 and then I think, yeah, about 20, <laughs> we stabilized. <laughs> and that's where we started building what is now Wells of Mem. Um, I didn't just get in a worship team because we didn't want performers. Mm -hmm. So we ac I actually played DJ in front of the church, mixing music, and we started to worship that way. I started to do away with simple things of doing away with the offering basket and make offering part of your worship, trading, the communion, bringing it into the service. So I slowly but surely took away structures and allowed the freedom of the spirit to come in. But it wasn't just only changing the structure. It was what we were pursuing. Mm. And I mean, we known as the new age church, which it really doesn't bother me. You know, if people really come there, They'll understand and see what our pursuit is of the deeper things in Christ. So we started engaging the angelic realm, understanding what their purpose is in the service. The cloud of witnesses, understanding how to engage the seven spirits of God, which is from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, etc. So what we pursued, we immediately started to go for the meaty stuff. And the deeper you go, the more rewarding. And I've also learned the cycle as well. The deeper you go, someone's going to leave, but new people come. And so we just started to grow progressively. It took boldness. I cried many, many, many nights and days mm -hmm. going through the process of getting where the church is now. Um, so we pursue new creation living and unlocking that identity of who and what we are in Christ. Wow. Okay, so can we go deeper into some of those things? Cuz I would love I would love to be able to have you give like a little mini teaching like what is that? What does that look like when you you know are are talking about involving the angelic realm? What does that look like in the midst of a service? And how many people are there now? So we average between 50 to 100 people, we're in the building. So it depends on who's there for the week, who's not there. So it bounces around with those numbers. Um, in the beginning, it was tough because in a traditional sense, you're always people focused. Mm -hmm. And Jesus told me from the beginning, forget about how many people are there. You can change the world with 10 people who are on the same page than 2,000 that are not. Mm. So it took a while, but eventually I established, we just got to do what Jesus wants us to do. But one of the th central focuses of a mystic nation is the Hebrew language and the Hebrew letters. So you don't necessarily have to speak the Hebrew um, language, but someone I really look up to, um, Dr. O, Dr. O, and, and he always says the Christians are the only religious group that don't know their mother language. Oh, and our mother yeah. language is Hebrew. Yeah. And, he, and when people understand that Hebrew creates before it communicates, it's a creative mm -hmm. language. The mm -hmm. Hebrew letters within each word are building blocks. So each Hebrew letter means something. So there's a phrase um, that goes that in the beginning – God created the letters. So when he spoke, the Hebrew letters came out. The letters formed the words and the words formed the worlds. Each Hebrew letter is a gateway. So they would call it cosmic codes. So the whole of creation has the Hebrew letters as the building blocks. And those building blocks come together into words and create the physical realm.
So as a mystic, the first place that we usually start is starting to learn the Hebrew letters, what they stand for. Because Jesus is the word, he embodies the Hebrew language. He embodies the living letters. And each Hebrew letter describes something about Jesus as well as you. So when you start to understand that the Hebrew letters are not just letters, but they are living entities, they are gateways, and they have angelic realms around them to facilitate the mandate and the scroll of each of those letters and words that were initially released from Yahweh. So at the core of being a mystic, we pursue the Hebrew letters, we pursue the Hebrew language so that we can understand the depth and the multi-layered realms in the spirit that mm. each one contains. It's the same, for instance, when Moses ascended the mountain, when he engaged the glory, when Yahweh told him to come up. When you really go into the Hebrew language and really understand what happened is that Moses started to ascend different realms in the spirit, unlocking his sonship until he came face to face and spoke with Yahweh. For instance, one Hebrew letter, which is pay, and pay means mouth. And when you go and look in the Exodus, when it speaks of Moses spoke face to face with God, the Hebrew word face is the letter pay, the word pay. So technically, when Moses was speaking to Yahweh, he was mouth unto mouth with him. So he was entangling breath into breath, going into a meditative state with Yahweh as he was speaking and starting to unpack what he wanted Moses to go and do. Um, when you understand the Hebrew, people don't realize that the tablets that Moses had weren't just tablets from rock or on the mountain. They were grafted. They were sapphire tablets. So they were grafted from the throne of God. And God wrote on his finger with his finger on those tablets, those letters of fire. So that's why it was why God was like pretty muff with Moses when he broke those tablets because he broke an aspect of the throne that they were grafted from. So that is what mystics want. They want to go in the deeper aspects of the spirit realm. Because the scripture says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. So we want to unlock what those realms and dimensions are that we engage with. Wow. I mean, I've heard little, you know, little bits about obviously the Hebrew letters or the years or like, um, because wasn't 2020 the year of pay with of the mouth? That's I, right. Yes. Right. Um, and this year, is this the year of the open door, I think, 5784? That's right, yeah. yeah. So there's little bits like that I've started to dive into because it does, if you, it, it, like you're saying, if you've got a language and you only take it at the surface level, you're missing a whole bunch of understanding, you, you know, you, when people are not able to live uh, fully in who God created them, they're constantly facing things. They're constantly under attack. It's like, well, we're not even understanding the real, like we're, we're like listening to a foreign language. Ultimately, we don't even know really what's being said if we Literally. don't dive in. Right. Yeah. What was it like when you started to, well, a couple of questions. One, what do you like? Are, is there a, a good place or a good resource, a good thing, place for people to go and start diving into understanding the Hebrew language? Okay, so, you know, obviously I have a, a course at on the Throne Room Mystic website that they can enroll in. It's called Intro to the to the Hebrew Letters or Intro to the Living Letters. And then there's the second one, which is Mystic Realms um, of Cosmic Codes. So the Cosmic Codes is the part two of the introduction of the Living Letters. So the first one is just the intro, gives you the basic, goes through all 22 letters. And then Cosmic Codes goes a lot deeper in how do you work with the Hebrew letters, bringing them together? How do they assist in your prayer life? How do they function as gates, etc.? 
That's awesome. Well, that's good because I didn't realize that you had that. So that's good. So we'll send everybody there to start learning about it because, you know, I've been seeing this within just the Bible. Like I get very, I've, I'm just in the process of waiting for a new Bible to come because I had an NIV Bible for the last few years. And the deeper I started going and the deeper I started actually getting into the word and then looking at original translations, I'm like, hold on. They've left things out. They've changed what was actually written. Um, and it's very frustrating because when you go like here, if we go to church on Sunday, the NIV, that's very, very common for people to teach out of. And so now they've they've gotten things totally twisted, you know, do, what like do you very have a, so. a favorite translation that you use or do you go back? Do you understand um, like the actual Hebrew, the original? So I, I work off Logos software. So, you know, I've through the years I've built up books, etc. Um, and I actually work off the NIV, but it's just so that I can pinpoint a word and then I go and look into the Hebrew. So, but it's not because the NIV is reliable. It's just an easy language to start yeah. from. And most people are familiar with the NIV. But then I go to the Hebrew. But I love the Passion Translation from Brian Simmons. Okay. Um, some people are critical that it's a bit expansive or poetic. However, you know, because I look at the Hebrew, I study the Hebrew, etc. He really sticks to what the deeper meaning of the Hebrew word for certain words in the scriptures are. So I love the Passion Translation. And then we have a guy here, um, Francois, and he he interpreted the Bible and he so it's still a couple of books. There hasn't been the whole Bible yet. Francois de Toy, and it's called the Mirror Bible. And equally, like the Passion Translation, it is just so descriptive, more in-depth, and it brings the deeper meaning of the scripture out. You know, when you work with the NIV, you realize there's so many scriptures that actually completely misses the point. For yeah. me, the NIV is probably the worst translation, but it's, exactly. <laughs> it's just the easy one for me to get my trace, and then I go to the Hebrew. Okay. I know I, I've been going to the New Living Translation. I kind of like that mm. one. At least some of the pieces that are missing in the NIV are in the New Living, but I have like multiple yes. versions, you know, on the shelf and it's mm. the same. And now luckily, since there's so much online, you can take those yeah. words because when you, I was, I was on a, a show earlier this morning and we were talking about in the waiting and, and I'm like, you have to understand what that word even comes from, you know, and what does that mean? Yeah. Like, let's dive in and actually understand what is it talking about when we have, to, you know, when we're told we're in the waiting or whatever it might be. So this is fascinating. Yes. Okay. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we will be right back. Y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We will be right back after a word from some of our affiliates. As you know, I love the people that we work for, with during um, the process of this show. There's, I'm very picky. I will not work with affiliates that I don't believe in. Um, and so just as you, as you watch these commercials, know that I know the people who own these businesses. I love them. I love what they stand for. And I love to support them. We will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Tanya Joy from The Tanya Joy Show, also known as Beauty for Ashes. And I want to take a quick minute and talk to you about my new favorite sprays. This is by Verve Vitamins. Now, I want to show you this one in particular. I've got three here that I use on a very regular basis. One is Sunny, it's called. Let's see if we can see it. And I'm going to show you a quick commercial. This is vitamin D3, and it is amazing if you need to be in the sun and get those extra vitamins. This one is Energy. These are vitamin sprays. You do seven sprays in your mouth, and it takes care of your vitamins. You can travel with them. I mean, these are small. They're the size of a pen. You can stick them in your purse. But this one right now is what you need to get. This is called cold. It's vitamin C and zinc. I came down with a little bit of something right around the new year, and I started spraying this. I actually used it three times a day. And you guys, it's less than five days later, and it is gone. So you need to check out Verve Vitamins. Stick around, I'm gonna show you the video. And in that video, it's gonna show you the website to go to. You will get a discount with our code, 
Tanya Joy. So be sure you check this out. This is going to change your life. I'm telling you, these are amazing. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliottphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So glad to have you here today. I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I really challenge you to um, dig into this. There is so much, and we're going to keep talking about this um, Christian mysticism, if, if, if you will, this concept of ultimately going deeper and really learning how to walk out our Christian faith. That's what the Lord calls us to. Um, also, please remember really quick, you can find us on Blessed News TV. You can also, and that, that's under Tanya Joy, the Tanya Joy Show. You can also find us on Rumble, on Clout Hub, Facebook. Please make sure wherever you're watching, you hit that subscribe button and give it a thumbs up. That just helps with the algorithms. It really does. And it helps for other people to see the content. Um, and please remember to go over to tanyajoy.tv and hit that little bell to subscribe so that we can add you to our list of who is watching. All right, let's bring Charles back on. Welcome back. This is just so fascinating. Like, and I know we're just barely like touching the surface, like just sort of scratching on the surface. <laughs> on this it's so deep. Let's go deeper in this and give like, what are you seeing? What are, what are the things that you've experienced and you're seeing with people at the church that are experiencing in their lives, the change, the transformation because of going deeper and understanding the depth of who God really is? I, th I think the key is, is that people are starting to understand their sonship and governing the spirit realm. Because as a son of God, you are a co-creator. You know, when you we, we come out of the old framework where deliverance and warfare is key, you know, and it's a constant fighting against the enemy, etc. But people forget that the enemy or the devil isn't actually quite your enemy. He is a enemy, but death is your ultimate enemy. And as mystics, we pursue a lifestyle of immortality because if the cross um, abolished death, it means that we as a new creation being should be able to flesh out our immortality. And we're starting to see that people are understanding what the keys of the kingdom are. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So firstly, understand that firstly, it says what we do on earth, then it's done in heaven. So we need to mature as sons of God because God waits for our governing to take place. Think of the scripture in I think it's in Romans that says that creation waits for the revelation of the sons of God because creation is waiting to fulfill its purpose. And the only way it can fulfill its purpose when the sons step up and start mm -hmm. to govern creation. We breaking away from the framework in traditional church where you come, you sit, we 
We get our food. Your food is supposed to happen in the week with your relationship with Jesus. When we come together on a Sunday, we come as a community together and we start to govern in the spirit realm because we need to bring restoration into creation. When the suns mature, creation starts to rally around and creation can start to unfold its original intent because the suns are starting to understand how to operate in those keys of the kingdom. Operating in the courts of heaven is one of those keys. Understanding how to interact with the angelic realm, the mandates that your angel has over you and what you can do. Because, you know, traditionally people say you're not allowed to command the angels, etc. Where does it say that? The angels are there to serve the sons of God. They get commissions. They get mandates from us to facilitate our purpose and our scroll here on earth. So there are many keys of the kingdom. Meditation, we have got a very tiny view of what meditation is. And we get spooked by that language because obviously the new ages do that. But when we start to understand what meditation really is, and we are ascending into the breath of God and drinking and engaging the winehouse, being intoxicated by his presence. It is just fascinating. Like that book that you spoke of, of Teresa of Avila. I mean, she really understood what it was to be intoxicated by the presence of God and that she would actually start to levitate. Yeah off the ground and you know that language can immediately spook people but technically when you really get lost in jesus your physical body starts to overcome the laws of nature and people start to just ascend getting enraptured into the presence of jesus for me and what i see with people is the maturity that starts to come no more is it like an Oliver Twist scenario of, please, Father, can I have more? But it is a co-governing, co-creating. It is Jesus saying, yes, my kingdom, run it, rule it, govern right. it with me. It's a complete different mindset than, uh, I hope I get, get scraps off the table kind yeah. of a scenario. So maturing as sons and understanding the keys to govern, to co-create, and to living out our new creation beings. And it makes me think of like um, Enoch, right? Who just like, what, what was it? Uh, or or um, not Methuselah, my brain. Begins with an M. The guy that was here and then all of a sudden was gone. And he didn't die. He just was walking on the earth and then was walking with God in heaven. I can't think of his name. That was Enoch. Was it Enoch? But wasn't it also, yes. um, but what about the other guy that began? Why well, can't my um, Melchizedek? Wasn't it also Melchizedek? <laughs> uh, Mel yes. Okay. That's Absolutely. what I was thinking. Not Methuselah. Melchizedek. <laughs> um, but Enoch as well. My mom and I actually were just talking about the book of Enoch this morning. And so th that's why I started to be like, wait, is that who I'm thinking? Or is but yeah, like that's because I, I mean, from, from the little bits that I'm understanding, that's because that's mm. how, this is how they were living, right? I mean, they understood Absolutely. this and that allows us, I mean, like I, I was in Toronto years ago at, at the Toronto uh, Blessing. I was at their ministry school yes. and mm. there would be many times during that season where, you know, I, I was, I'm a worshiper, so I'd be on the worship team and I mean, I, I'd be in the room, but not really in the room. I was somewhere else and did not know what was yes. going on around me, you know, and, and there'd be times we'd be out in prayer and I me, mean, yeah, my body was there, but not really, you know, like I was somewhere else. And, and <laughs> the great thing about that is like, that's what God wants always. And, and I remember when mm. that kind of season changed and it was sort of sad because it was like, well, why can't we have that here? You know, like, why does it only happen when we go there? Because we should be ultimately cultivating that all the time. And Absolutely. be able to go in and out of that realm. I mean, that's what the word says, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. I think what makes people nervous is because they don't have a 
framework or frame of reference to pursue a mystic lifestyle because there's so little um, communities out there that are pursuing this but they are there and it is growing and more important I like Bill, Bill Johnson he uses a great example and it is when Christopher Columbus went to go and explore the people said you can't go there where that line is you're going to fall off and right. there are dragons and all sorts of things. And he said, well, I'm going there to explore. He went, he saw no dragons. He came back to tell the people there are no dragons. Then he took the people there and then people become pioneers because well, someone went there and it actually is safe. And I think that's what's busy happening. We've got pioneers in the mystic nation that are going where people were scared to go. And then they realize, but they come back and wow, the experience with Jesus is just phenomenal. And it's safe because unfortunately we sit with the new age and the occult that has tainted those spiritual experiences. And God is busy restoring, redeeming what is truly our inheritance as sons of God. And, and that is starting to be unpacked, unfold. And for anybody who would want to get into a mystic lifestyle, it's just to start read um, some of the books that are out there and to build a bit of a framework and a confidence to start doing it at home. Because at the end of the day, is this is what, what the Christians were like actually in the New Testament church. Paul was an amazing mystic and engaging in the Old Testament um, patriarchs, etc. Abram, who understood the stars, but it went so deeper than that. And then, of course, Enoch. Enoch unlocked something about immortality that he translated and never saw death. So he experienced physically what life in Christ would be like before his, before Jesus even um, stepped his foot on earth. So, yeah, I, I just, it is just such an exciting lifestyle. What are some of your favorite books on this topic that well, people could, that you would recommend? Mm, well, the, the person, and he's also my friend is Justin Paul Abram. He's probably had the biggest impact on my life because he literally was that Christopher Columbus to go yeah, out and really, just to prove that the dragons aren't there. So he's he's the first one I ever the, saw that was talking about this same thing. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and, and I also think his language is palatable. It is easy. And his book beyond human is a really great book. Um, unfortunately I can't promote my books yet cause they, there's three of them that's on their way, but they're not out yet. So soon they'll be there and they focused on the Hebrew letters, Dr. O. So you pronounce his name, Dr. Ogbonaya, Adonijah Ogbonaya. <laughs> but wow. most people know him as Dr. O. Yeah, that's He's got name. a couple of books out. Um, so you can just Google him, Ian Clayton has got a couple of books which are really great. He's, for instance, got a book out on the Order of Melchizedek and uh, Understanding yeah. Heavenly Realms. So they're also more easy books to read that can just give people a bit of a framework of what it is, the keys of the kingdom that the sons of God have to engage with. Do you think there's, you know, you've maybe seen this, there's a lot of talk now um, about the courts of heaven going into, I mean, that's become a very popular thing here. Um, yes. But I don't know. I have only heard a little bit of it. I don't know if it's fully with the under, you know, if they're kind of going into the courts of heaven, but if they understand the roots of it, like if they understand the mystic side of it, or if it's more ritual you know, like these yeah. are the steps. And so you just mm -hmm. do it. What have you seen with that? And, and how would you describe kind of that process of going into the courts of heaven? Well, I think That's the courts of heaven question. is probably the most amazing key that you can have as a son of God, because the courts to get into the courts of heaven and to get the verdict and the release before you go into prayer and battlefield 
because many people go into the whole deliverance and warfare aspect and it's a fighting scenario, whereas the courts are all on your side. And it's the scripture is full of the courts of heaven. So Robert Henderson wrote a book, Ron Horner wrote a book, a couple of books on the courts of heaven. You'll also find the courts of heaven in Justin's book as well as Ian Clayton. So the courts feature everywhere. And when you actually look at the scriptures, it is really so in your face that the courts are there for us to get to engage with, to get release or verdicts and mandates regarding certain issues or countries or personal stuff. And for me, I just have so many testimonies. So I'll give you one testimony that I engage with the courts of heaven for is that I had money stolen off my credit card. You know, and usually Christmas season, you know, you always got these fraud, the fraud going on, credit card fraud. And it was about $1,500, $2,000, around about there. And um, I went to the courts of heaven because it was stolen from me. So I'm not going to explain the whole how do you operate in the courts. But I went, I presented it in the courts, and I asked the Father that the angels will be released, that the enemy has to bring that money back because it was stolen. Yeah. And... I got the verdict and the release in the courts of heaven. I released the angels to go fetch that money. And two months later, I never followed it up again with the bank because I, I lodged a, a query for them to look into it. And two months later, all that money was back into my credit card. I didn't go and do warfare and command the devil and all that kind of stuff. I got my verdict from the courts of heaven, commanded the angels to go and the enemy had to return that money back. So wow. obviously the courts can go into many directions to yeah. your finances, to countries. Um, when you get a verdict to pray into something, then you got all heaven behind you. The release yeah. is there. Think of David, a simple example. Before he went to the battlefield, what did he do? He inquired from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And once the Lord gave him the verdict that it's one, he went onto the battlefield. Wow, that's For so me, good. the courts of heaven is a non-negotiable and yeah. it makes your life so much easier. Why do you think it is or what have you seen from your years of, of being in ministry? Because this concept of, of the deliverance, that's a huge thing right now. That's especially here. I don't know if it's around the world, but right now in where mm. we are, and I shouldn't roll my eyes, but it's like to the point where I'm like, why is that all like... I mean, it's just everywhere. Everything is, well, you just got to do it this way and then you'll be set free. And and it's, some of it's violent. I mean, like, you know, there you, I see mm. a one side of the story and then I see someone else posting, yeah, I went through that and that caused this many years of trauma and pain that I had to go through, you know, because it was handled this way or that. But why do you think that has become so, such a focus right now, particularly instead of kind of this other concept like it's kind of yeah. strong you know weighing in bigger or whatever yes well i i think you know the whole deliverance ministry is, is an old framework it's an immature framework of mm -hmm. not understanding your sonship deliverance has a place for instance someone that is newly saved they come with baggage and we sort out the baggage mm -hmm. however Deliverance is but the, uh, such a small part of the broader aspect because the idea or what we are supposed to be doing is to grow sonship. I think so many people find identity in fighting, that they're mm -hmm. doing something for the kingdom. And I've got, I've got no desire to fight with no one. Yeah. And with the enemy, for me, the foundation scripture with that is, he has been disarmed on the cross and made a public spectacle. So many people, through deliverance, reinstates the devil into a position that he has long gone been dethroned from. When we can rather understand what our authority is in Christ 
and who and what we are and how we can operate, it is far more effective than always being defensive, thinking the enemy is doing something and we have to fight. Mm -hmm. So, and there are so many deliverance ministries. I mean, if they have to hear this, they'll be so offended, but that's okay. That's we've okay. got to yeah. challenge the framework to realize we've got to move on to who we are as sons and co-creating with God instead of keeping ourselves busy with fighting with the devil. I don't have time for that. It's a waste of time. Well, it also makes me think of, you know, we're told to rest and remain in him and stay. Yes. And if we're going out to fight and we're in battle, we can't remain. We can't. We're not just sitting and resting with him. We're not just, we're not sitting, you know, in the Holy of Holies, looking at everything from his perspective. You know, we're, we're not in that place. We're out on the battlefield yeah. and we're, we're warring. And um, it is, it, it's something, have you ever heard of Anne Hamilton? She's an no. author. Okay. She's an author and she, she teaches a lot about thresholds and threshold guardians and very much a lot of this. She's a dear friend. I love her. Um, I just love her and have gone through her books. Like you can barely turn the pages, you know, cause they're torn up and, you know, highlighted and rewritten and all of this. Cause I, I've just, there, there's so much richness in it talking about the threshold guardians and kind of this same idea of just understanding if we just understood what's in the word, it, it's so much easier to operate in. And we were talking about deliverance and because it's such a big deal, particularly where I'm located, it's everywhere I turn. It's kind of the new thing. And I think because I was involved in Toronto and I've been involved in a lot of different churches where I've been through lots of different deliverances and inner healing. And my, my thought was, if that was just, you just renounce it, you rebuke well, then why are we not all walk, walking completely free from it? We're not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if that mm. was truly as easy as it was, if, if that was it, then why are we still having to deal with these same things? So to me, that answers the question of not saying it's wrong, but maybe we're missing something about how we should actually be operating and thinking and moving and, and being, you know, which absolutely along with what you're saying. And the key is that you mentioned it was our position of rest. We've already won. It's already accomplished for us. So what if, if we've won and it's all accomplished for us, then what is it that we need to unlock for the manifestation of what has been purchased and given to us? And that comes in with a maturity and growing as a son. When you start to grow, you sort out your own stuff with Jesus. You know, you, you move past the place of always wanting someone to pray for me and, you know, or can you give me, you know, counsel and all this. We don't do counseling at the church because we teach people, how do you fetch it yourself? You're no different from any son of God. We've all been equipped, but unlocking the maturity mm -hmm. to go and get it yourself, you function because and I love this part. The churches won't say it or preach it, but the Pharisees challenged Jesus, you know, and Jesus said to them, did I not say that you are gods? And when you look at that scripture, when you look at gods, it is Elohim. Mm -hmm. So you as a son of God have the DNA of Elohim. You are an Elohim, but not to be worshipped. Yahweh right. is the one being worshipped, Jesus. But it shows your inheritance and your sonship. Now, if my DNA and I'm the blood of an Elohim, then, oh my goodness, what, what the heck am I fighting with the devil for? You know, I yeah. mean, I want to know what my authority is with Jesus. I want to know what I need to do in the spirit realm, in the kingdom. What do I co-create? What do I release? You know, it's far more exciting then I have to keep myself busy with a guy who's been disarmed on the cross and, you know, made a loser. That's thanks, but no thanks. That's so good. So, so good. And it, it is like just having this conversation conversation makes me like feel like, oh, like you could just feel this the presence of God. You know, when you're understanding that you just feel the presence. Just amazing. Mm -hmm. So we've got just a few minutes left. What else, what else? Like, cause I mean, I've just kind of been going with whatever the Lord I feel like asking, but what else is there that you would like to release or share um, 
that, you know, cause I think this is going to be new for a lot of my audience. I don't think a lot of them, I always kind of bring things that then they're like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm like, well, let's just go there and see, you know? Um, but what else would you like to share that I've missed or haven't brought up? <laughs> well, I, I think globally, um, church is changing because something has been unlocked in the spirit that the church hasn't experienced before. Many people are going to be uncomfortable because God is upping where we are going into the future. God is releasing the sons of God to start taking center stage in the earth arena to start governing in ways that we've never seen manifest here on earth. We're going to start seeing a display. You know, we can be so focused on miracles, etc. And yes, it has a place. But God is wanting our sonship to start to come to the fore. There's the scripture that speaks of wisdom and witty inventions. God is going to start releasing key frameworks, inventions, and strategies from the sons of God that's going to see a manifestation in the physical realm never experienced before. I think the sons of God are going to start taking center stage with inventions and releasing into earth. And the, But what is busy happening is that traditions and a religious structure is starting to crumble. Mm -hmm. And it's going to start making people feel uneasy. But that's wonderful because mm -hmm. the authenticity of the kingdom and who he really is, is starting to come to the fore. And we're going to start seeing that authenticity of what it is to bask in the glory and in the bliss of Yahweh like never before. So I think we are in for some uncomfortable phases, but there's a manifestation and an authority of co-creating mm -hmm. that we're going to see being displayed in earth like never before. And if you think of the scripture says we are new creation beings. So in other words, if we are new creation, there's no old framework. And if there's no old framework, is nothing we can refer to back. So we're constantly walking into the new because mm -hmm. you've got no frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And that is exciting. I love that. Um, Justin has a very nice quote where he says that I'll rather be inexperienced in the new than be experienced in the old. So, and that is exactly what we as mystics are doing. We are pursuing what's new. We don't have all the answers, but we are going deeper into the mystic realms starting to unfold. And we're going to see a manifestation of sonship of what it was really like from the Old Testament. And that is very, very exciting. That is, oh, I love that. Yeah. What a beautiful picture that paints. And I, I love that you always say, you know, we are co-creators. I'm, you know, a creative person. I do acting and singing and all of this. And, and, um, for a while that was like, I was like, am I allowed to do that? You know, like, you know, because we only know of that mostly in the Hollywood and in that realm. And then I yes. started realizing hold on, what am I saying? The reason that has been so taken in Hollywood is because God actually gave us the ability to co-create. We're the only beings Absolutely. that get to do that. Like we definitely need to be in that realm, you know, and creating with the Lord. I mean, Jesus was the best storyteller there was. So I love that you keep saying that because um, that, that, that puts in a new perspective and a new layer mm of who we are and yes. what we should be doing, you know, while we're on this earth, I've been saying lately, I want to live to like, I'm 120 or like, I don't want to die. I just kind of want to keep living. And other people are like, yeah. why would you want to do that? You've already had a hard life. I'm like, I know, but it's going to get better. And I don't know. I just feel like I want to live yes. really old, like, and not yeah. die. I just think it, it will. I don't know why I keep seeing that, but I think that we're moving towards that. Absolutely. And People don't realize, but Jesus never preached the rapture. You know, it's that's an escapism theory. Yeah. But he did preach immortality, you know. And so 
we got to break away from that death is always our gateway. You know, one day when I die, I will see heaven. One day when I die, I'll see Jesus. Death has been abolished. And think about the one promise that was given, Moses gave to the tribes of Asher. And, and that blessing was, is that your strength will equal your days. So mm. the more you advance in age, the better you become. And those are things to be unlocked. So I've got an immortality course as well. And Michael C. King wrote a book on immortality. There's Tommy Miller who wrote a book, Deathless. So the so people are starting forever. to understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Definitely. goal. I, I've, I've watched. It's very funny. And, and then we'll end because I, I know we're coming up to the hour here. But I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed it. People started saying to me over the last couple of years, you look like you're aging in reverse. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I started noticing. I'm like, I'd look at old pictures. And I'm like, that is weird. I do kind of look younger now than I, I mean, you know, I have wrinkles. I mean, there's certain things yeah. that our age, we age, but I was like, that is kind of weird. But I swear it's the more you spend time in the presence of God, I think yeah. that there is an anti-aging aspect to it. I really do. Absolutely. No it's doubt about it. Best anti-aging. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, this is awesome. I'm so glad that I got to finally have you on the show. I would love to have you back and go, go deeper in some of this, you know, for, for us over here on this side of um, the world, because it it's, this is far and few between, you know, I know Justin is talking yeah. about it, Liz Wright, she gets it. And mm -hmm. I know some people out in California that they fully, that their church embraces it and they get it, but it's, um, it's not common over here. And I, I think it's very yeah. important that we bring this truth. Well, I'm on standby for whenever you would like me to come back. I'd love to do it. Maybe it can be more topic focused and then yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. Hang tight. I'm going to end this show and get this all wrapped up. Y'all, thank you so much for joining. This may have been a topic that you were like, okay, I don't understand anything you just said. Go back and re-listen. Go back and listen to Ann Hamilton. Like these are these are topics and and uh, places that we need to encourage each other to go if we truly want to live an abundant life. That's what the Lord and the Word promises. So if you want to live that, I mean, it's up to you. But if you want to live that then I would encourage you to dive deeper. And we'll put some of the links below. We're definitely going to put the throneroommystic.com link so that you can go there and find um, the courses. Um, but if you have more questions, feel free to send me a note. I can get you and you know, we can get more information to you, but um, dive deeper. So anyways, you know, we end the, the show with a scripture. Today's is Proverbs 25.2, one of my favorites. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. So I challenge you, search this deeper thing out. Thank you again so much for watching. Please share, like, subscribe, do all those things um, with your friends. God bless you. And until next time, bye for now. Can a shake transform your life? Well, if it helps you invest in your health on a daily basis, the answer is yes. Consistency is key. And there's not a better, simpler way to begin your change. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life. We'll auto ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses, and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. As our audience knows, uh, we don't do it. We don't promote anything unless it works. I fell off a ladder, fell down on, a, on my leg, opened it up, and there was great pain in it. So I, I, I used the patch, and immediately it went away. No pain. By scientific research and rigorous lab testing, even people who have suffered for decades are getting amazing results. We now have hundreds of testimonials for pain relief, allergy relief, anti-anxiety, brain boost, keto boost, and many other solutions, all with zero drugs and no side effects. Quantum is simply about two things. One, intentions, as a man thinketh, so he is. And two, renewing your mind with the Word of God. This unique yet potent multi-sensory approach is powerful, and it works.
The patch provides the touch, and the included prayer guide uses your sight, speech, and hearing to utilize the senses God gave you. That's the quantum effect. Are you ready to experience the quantum effect? Go to QEstrong.com and use code B4A at checkout. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Beauty for Ashes with Tanya Joy. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and remember you were created for such a time as this.